Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to another episode of the How to Bible podcast. My name is Levi. I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm really excited because I have something special for you today. Today, I've had the opportunity and privilege to interview a friend of mine from the Latter-day Saint Church. His name is Jacob, and he spent six months over in China working as a school teacher. I had a chance to sit down with him today, talk a little bit about his experience, uh, what it was like to work in a communist country, uh, to see kind of some of the perspective that they have on religion and faith, how they manage it, how they handle it, uh, and some other little things that happen in China that really reframe and frame up our uh, privileges here as Americans, our privileges as individuals, and our privileges as believe as believers to um, to worship God freely, to have these kind of interviews out in public. So I hope that this uh, blesses you. If it does, please feel free to share this podcast. Uh, I'm really looking forward to you guys, uh, your feedback and, and all of this. Uh, please enjoy, like, subscribe, and provide some feedback. All right, thanks again, guys, for tuning in to another episode of How to Bible. My name is Levi. I'm the host of this podcast, and today I'm here with my friend Jacob, who uh, has spent a great deal of time in in China, and uh, and we did a podcast a few a few months ago about the the Chinese system and their their social scoring system and what that looks like. And, and Jacob has a very unique and individual kind of perspective on it. And I was hoping that you would be able to come out today and and maybe share a little bit Absolutely. on it and. Why don't you first tell us, how did, how did you end up in China, and what exactly did you end up doing? So, uh, at the time when I heard about the opportunity for me to go teach English in China, I was working at Albertsons, and my younger brother, uh, closest to me by age, was having a hard problem with uh, drugs and stuff, uh-huh. and he found out about this college course, which just you pay them a certain amount of money and they'll fly you over there and they'll take care of room and board and food and all that that's nice he talked to me about it and he's like would you want to go with me so i said yes i saved up the money and as soon as i could quit my job i flew over there okay okay nice that's i mean that's that's dropping it right in your lap right yeah well i mean what made you want to do something like that though like just get Um, up and go and i'm not entirely sure i (laughs) wanted to make sure that my brother was taken care of at the time it was something that I was worried about but also just the call to adventure like Mm -hmm. the opportunity to meet and influence 600 different kids lives where the only white people they've ever seen is on TV and to me like that sounded uh, amazing and a great opportunity to make some some lifelong friends and learn some hard lessons quick yeah, I mean, China's one of those places where you're kind of like, you don't know what you're going to get. And I mean, from yeah. a Western point of view, like, I have never, I've never been on that part of the world. I've been, you know, uh, in Europe and I've been to those countries. Um, but I've never been to China, to Asia, the Southeast Asia. I think the furthest we ever got was uh, was Hawaii. And that's okay. not really not even close. close. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so I can understand that, the, the call to adventure and the history and, and how beautiful that is all there. So what did, what did you end up teaching? Like, what were your classes? So uh, when they hire American teachers, mostly what they're looking for is the American accent. So I was there specifically for culture. They had a separate teacher where they learned like the root words and pronouns and verbs and adjectives. I was just there so they would know what America sounded, talked like, and just the feel of 
the, the language, basically. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. So, my class regimen was the very first thing we did every class period is we'd go through Bohemian Rhapsody, I'd let them listen to it, and then we'd start <laughs> breaking down all the words and stuff, and they loved Queen, they loved music, and yeah. I was, the most of the time they're learning, like, calculus. Like, these 13-year-olds are learning college-level courses, so I just go in there and I do my best just to sort of be their safe haven of like, all right, you guys get to relax for yeah. like 30 minutes. You're not going to have your teeth. Play time. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, you said something earlier too about uh, about music that kind of played into yeah. the, the second song that you went through. What was that one again? Um, the second song that uh, we went through was uh, Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. And I realized pretty quickly into teaching them that, that they had no idea <laughs> really what was going on because... Uh, China, the government itself is so bent on just the atheistic point of view because mm. every problem that China has, they see it from an engineering perspective. It's yeah. like, all right, what do we need to fix or what do we need to get rid of or fine tune to mm. make the problem move along better? Okay. And for them, they've also taken that towards. Uh, religion, I believe, with specifically with uh, atheism. Uh, now, are they subscribing now to the traditional Marxist slash Lenin type of atheism, I, or is it just religion? Was something that I tried very because it was one of the few things that I was told like you start talking about this, you're gonna have people showing up at your door within a week or so and telling you to leave. Yeah. So just leave it be. But. Um, expatriates or just Americans living in China wouldn't be able to go to the same church meetings as the natives of China could. So there is still the division of the new ideas or the outside ideas with what the government had okayed for religious belief. Okay. Okay. So the the nationals were allowed to attend church, but they had to attend a like a state-sanctioned yes. church? Yes. Okay. And then the... You, you mentioned earlier when we were at work, you were talking about how you had... Um, the privilege of attending one of those churches and it was really neat to see like all the different cultures from all over the world kind yeah. of in one area why don't you tell me a little bit about that um so i went to church in a strip mall and they had fireworks going off right next to me <laughs> and we were on the second floor and we had a great like glass window that like just looked outside so i would see the fireworks exploding at eye level <laughs> while we're trying to have our yeah. church session but we would have people from different parts of africa because they're not Chinese natives, mm-hmm. and we would have people from Germany, uh, just really from all over, and it, it was just such a wonderful melting pot of, even though, like, the finer details were a little bit different, like, everyone brings their culture with them to their yeah. faith, the core belief was always there, mm-hmm. and even, like, you could tell in passing, uh, I'm LDS, so people of my faith they wear garments underneath their clothes sure and you would be out and about in mainland china and you would see somebody's shirt get ruffled and you would see that oh like you could tell like yeah when yeah. the natives were like religious but at the same time like just giving them the respect of mm-hmm. that's their trial that they have to bear yeah. and not okay trying to make their life any more difficult than yeah. it has to be yeah, so you okay, so you were able to attend churches for westerners. Were you able to attend any of the the nationals churches? Were you able to attend any of those? I wish I was able to, but okay. it just it's all underneath. Yeah. I don't know how to speak Mandarin and that's how it all would 
okay. be told about. And I imagine you probably stand out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is just, I mean, I know you can't tell, obviously, on the podcast, but you know, sitting at this table, there's a couple of super pale white guys <laughs> with blue eyes, and I'm like, in China, yeah, you're definitely going to be yeah. standing out like a sore thumb. So, so you said you're a Latter-day Saint. Yes. So when you attended, um, when you attended church there... Mm. Did you attend uh, the, like the traditional uh, temple, or or because I because I know the Latter Day Saint Church mm-hmm. is is different than mainstream Christian church, yes. so I'm wondering if they have, or um, is it just kind of every, everybody of all faiths just attended one kind of building? Because you said strip mall, and so it was a um, L, it was a, a Mormon meeting. It okay. was LDS, so it was like, but it was also the most well known about in that specific sure. city church. Mm-hmm. So we would get random college kids from Africa showing up because they haven't been able to go to any sort of... I think the one guy that we had was there was Catholic, and he hadn't been able to go to Mass, and he just... He was needing that... Something, yeah. Something. Um, But it stayed very true to what um, I've always witnessed the uh, LDS faith to be. Okay, okay. That's great. That's good. So... I mean, there's just so many questions because you, you mentioned you touched on it just a minute ago about the underground church and not really, not really being able to see that, not seeing that anywhere yeah. because it's so. I know for me, you know, I've listened to Francis Chan a lot, and and there was a point when Francis Chan had left his uh, he had left his church here in the United States, and him and his wife were touring Asia. So they felt the Lord was calling him over there. And she's you know eight months pregnant. She's huge, yeah. um, and he's just dragging her across. You know, across the world into yeah. these third world areas, and you know, malaria, and and he started sharing at these churches. Now he's—I don't know if you're familiar with Francis Chan. Not at all. He's Asian. Okay. He's Chinese. Uh, he's raised here in America, um, but he's—you know—he he looks at so he got pulled into the underground church, and he started sharing with people um, what we do here in yeah. the United States when it comes to churches. Like, you know, oh, I, yeah, I really didn't like the worship today. You know that the pastor just talked too long, and and he said he told the believers this, and then we just walk across the street and go to another church, and the underground church just laughed in his face. He says, "You guys do this? Like you just change churches? Like yeah. like you're changing underwear?" <laughs> and he felt so embarrassed because Christians today they don't um, they don't stand their ground, they don't adhere to their faith, and they have a hard time kind of resting on it or always looking for something that's really tailor made. Yeah. And uh, you see that where you're, I mean, in, in China, you see that there's this separation. You, these people have to attend this one, and, and it's just yeah. mainstream. Okay, let's yeah. keep it mellow. Everybody knows yeah. what they're doing, and keeping out those new ideas. It's just such a bummer. It, you know, it really is. It's very, it's so difficult to really grasp just, like, how deeply embedded the Chinese government is into everything. Mm-hmm. Every 25 feet or so, there's going to be a speed trap camera. And it's going to go off every time you go under it. Not because they're trying to see how fast you're going, but because they want to know what car is going where, what turns they're taking at any certain point at any certain time. You need your passport to stay at a hotel, to get a train ticket, to really do anything. Yeah. And the absence or really just like the war on faith that the Chinese government has is it's such a heavy topic to really think about and try to digest but 
happiness of the members yeah. there shines out and that you can tell mm-hmm. without knowing for sure like sure. just by how they carry themselves you know which ones to have faith mm-hmm. and which ones are taken care of and yeah it's an interesting trial on the their faith mm-hmm. but it comes with their its own blessings that yeah. surpass what I will be able to like most of the people that have faith over there mm-hmm. Their faith is greater than mine because they have had the opportunities and the challenges to rise above. Yeah. And <clears throat> for those that are there, like they're just so rock solid mm-hmm. and steady in everything that they believe. Yeah. And I'm not jealous of them, but just I'm jealous of their faith. <laughs> yeah, right? you are. You are. Right. Because think about it. I mean, that's one thing I've noticed. We have a, a pastor friend that sits on the board, and he ministers to um, individuals uh, in India who are persecuted. He goes literally to yeah. pastors who are persecuted for their faith, and he puts on conferences for them. So you get to meet with these individuals who have to really count the cost of, okay, if I say that I'm a Christian, if I say that I'm a believer, yeah. uh, there's a very real chance that I'm going to die within the next 24 months. That life expectancy yep. is just cut in half. It's the same thing with people in Gaza. Uh, and everywhere else, when you when you hear about that 1040 window is what we call it. It runs across the Middle East, Northern Africa, and to the Philippines, and to Micronesia, uh, where Islam is so pervasive. Yeah. Um, and it seems like you know, it, not only is Islam aggressive, but it seems like the lack of the lack of God. I think when you look at the statistic between the faiths that have killed people yeah. versus the movements without faith, and you look at communism and atheism, oh, yeah. it's, it's actually taken twice as many lives as as actual Mao Zedong the ACS and he killed more people than Stalin and Hitler combined Stalin was an like devout atheist and he killed people in horrific ways mm-hmm. and everybody knows about Hitler and I'm not entirely sure about his faith but I'm pretty sure that he was leaning towards the atheist side yeah well he I mean he believed that his cause was a Christian cause really um I mean, he had, there was a quote from him saying that he believed that his cause was a Christian cause. And it's like, well, you got to kind of look at what you're doing. Yeah. Man. Like, this is a passage in Scripture, and, and uh, First John talks about, you know, like, being obedient to the truth and then the evidence in your life. Like, does your life, is your life reconciled to that truth? Yeah. Does it show that you have that fruit and works? Like, oh, yeah. okay, I have faith, and as a result of that, I have these things that I do versus if I do all these things, then I earn faith. It doesn't work like that. So it's it's pretty wild to look at. Yeah, Mao is pretty awful. They all were. All oh, those yeah. guys were. Well, tell me, you, you said something a minute ago about, um, before we were on, about uh, removing God and, and the, the human condition and the vine. Now, unpack that again. What were you saying? You were... Um, so in America and Canada and England and all that, the body of law is specifically based and built off the idea that we are all intrinsically of greater or godlike value, right? There's a bit of the divine in every single person, and that commands respect no matter what terrible things that you've done in your life. Yeah. It's why everyone's created equal, um, and it's how just we value each other's worth um and the more and more that we choose to strip away just god in our society and stuff Mm -hmm. we're doing that at our own 
personal peril because if we lose the common denominator, that yeah. bit of the divine that commands respect no matter what you've done, and we just get rid of that, then there is nothing redeeming about you when you just are a yeah. total turd, which who defines what a total turd is if it's the body of law. It means yeah. the government does. Yeah. If you aren't in line with the government and you don't have your just base golden standard mm -hmm. for divinity or worth, then we're... Like, we're up Crab Creek without a paddle. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's the, it reminds me of the, the Chinese social credit score. Oh, if yeah. you're not in that that standing with the government, you can't travel, yep. you can't make calls, you can't leave the country. Yeah. I remember I shared with you uh, a couple of days ago, but the, and I wish I remember what her name was, the famous uh, Asian actress who was in China, and, mm -hmm. and she she hadn't even done anything that was anti-government. She was in association with someone that was, and they slapped her hand for that, and she couldn't fly out. She yeah. couldn't go anywhere as yeah. a result of that, so it was just... I mean, it's frustrating. So what would you yep. say to individuals who um, who have a desire to, one, go to that area? Or what would you say to individuals who, you know, um, who may be considering the mission field? I mean, as a Latter-day Saint, obviously, yeah. you've done your I, you've done your uh, mission, or did I you opt out? out? Okay. Um, I opted out of it. Okay. It just... I wasn't ready at the time no. when they asked me to be. And no worries, no worries. I mean, that's that's a big, that's a huge a commitment. Huge we actually have a, a, a few Latter-day Saint girls coming over tonight at my, my wife and I's house. But they're on their missions, and we're trying to say goodbye to one as she's leaving. It's like, she's been here six months, she's out of here now, she's going someplace else. But what would you say to people that are considering, uh, specifically maybe the yeah. Latter-day Saint church, that are considering going to these communistic countries, and, and what would be your encouragement for them? Because... This channel is called How to Bible. Yeah. Like, how do we live this out? How do we do this? Um, basically, the main thing is, is that you just can't go screaming it from the mountaintops, <laughs> right? Like, here we can be very vocal about it. We can be very proud. And it, we wear it on our sleeves a good chunk of the time. Yeah. Like, our faith is really what helps define us. You mm -hmm. see it on every bumper sticker. Yeah. Like, it's really it's something that we've taken very close to home very close to heart and we wear it and mm -hmm. we, just, we rejoice in it which I love but when we're going to like China for instance it, it becomes a very inward uh, showing of such mm -hmm. uh, like as opposed to like what words you say or like where you go or how you spend your time and it, for me personally it helped me reflect inward and really just what things do I look for in others that let me know that they are yeah. on the same page as I am or that they hold the same values? Sure. And just doing good with your actions and just cutting it there yeah. really is the best way yeah, yeah. that I've found to... Be good, do good. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, what's the what's the uh, choose choose the right right yeah it's the this um, kind of the go, CTR the, the motto yeah. yeah the motto or whatever I'm trying yeah. I'm trying to think of it I saw it on the back of a uh, a back window yesterday at work I was like hey I know that yeah so yeah I mean that's I hope that this provides some kind of insight for people who are thinking about you know going into the machine or curious about the things that are happening overseas because we do have it in we have it so good we really do we, we have really do. all this I mean we're sitting we're sitting out at a coffee shop right now like 90 degrees and I'm drinking hot coffee which is probably dumb but um, and we're talking about this yeah. in open air I mean microphones are out we're having a conversation about it and the beauty is that you don't have to worry about somebody putting you on a list yeah. yet and dragging you off to some you know 
dark room and beating you until you say no to something. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. We're very blessed, mm-hmm. and that was just the main thing that I took away coming yeah. from China. It was like we're blessed in every way, shape, and form. Like. China's not a third world country. They have a lot of stuff. All the stuff we have, they make there. Great economy. Oh, yeah. But they have the worst Wi-Fi on the face of the planet. (laughs) It is so slow. Like, everything's made out of concrete. Nobody has any space. Well, that Wi-Fi's all got to get read by somebody before they can show it to you. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody's always reading something before you can see it. Their main texting app, like their Facebook, their Twitter, their Instagram, their Craigslist. Yeah. It's all in one app, which is super smart. But... It's the government owns it. Yeah. So they know everything that you're sending to everybody. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this then. So after spending six six months six or so months. there, yeah. you have a desire to go back with your I wife? or would love to. It yeah. just is, how do I work that out with, like, I don't think I'll be able to, sadly, not for a little bit, but I yeah. would live there in a heartbeat, honestly. Yeah. 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 Well, there's definitely yeah. ways. So I'm sure, you, I'm sure you can find a way to get there. Yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, some of the best food, some of the best people, <laughs> and just the people there don't care what the government does. Yeah. Because the government's communist, but the social system is profoundly capitalist. Yeah. Most people over there are working three different jobs. Mm-hmm. It's the there's the uh, Mao uh, Memorial, and they have a gift shop at the Mao Memorial. <laughs> there's communism yeah. and capitalism just colliding. There's a McDonald's right across the street from the Mao Memorial, and I think it is hilarious. I love it. The government stated communism, but yet we do like our capitalism. So. Oh, yeah. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm hoping that this benefits people and, and being able to, to get the information out and, yeah. and start that conversation regardless of what anyone believes or what their you know nationality or whatever it ends up being but i really appreciate you taking your time i know you're uh, you're off to a date night with the wifey yeah. so we're gonna cut you loose here and uh let me let me just pray real quick and, and we'll be on our way so lord we thank you for this time that we've had together and father we ask that you just bless jacob as he heads out with the wife and uh, they spend this time together uh sharpening each other's relationships lord we love you and we just commit this time to you in your name Wow, what a crazy world we live in. I am so thankful again, ladies and gentlemen, for you tuning in to this podcast, taking time out of your day to listen. I am supremely grateful. If you should have any feedback, you can always reach me at howtobiblepodcast at gmail.com. That's howtobiblepodcast at gmail.com. Please send me feedback, uh, questions. Uh, you're welcome to send prayer requests, whatever it is that you would like to contribute to this podcast. And I would love to develop those ideas and release them as new podcasts. But until that time, for the glory of the Lord and the hope of the nations, stay the course.